Thanks for joining me today for episode 17 of the Northwest Fish Passage podcast. Northwest Fish Passage is a small strategic collaborative partnership of engineers, planners, scientists who are passionate about habitat restoration in the Salish Sea region. I would like to start by expressing my deepest respect and gratitude to the many indigenous peoples and tribal nations in the Coast Salish Sea region for their enduring care and protection of our shared lands and waterways. Today, I am honored to virtually be sitting with Representative Deborah Lakenoff. She is an amazing Washington State Representative for the 40th Legislative District, which includes where I live in Bellingham. She is currently the only Native American in the state legislature. Deborah, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me here, Annika. I'll introduce myself uh, properly in my Native American way. Um, I have called the Skagit home for 20 years. I'm originally a Alaska Native from Southeast Alaska. I am part Klinket, which is the salmon people. Uh, the other half of me is Aleut from Southwest Alaska and the Pribilof Islands, so I'm part seal people. My matriarch community, my community follows the matriarchal um, cultural pathway. Uh, so my Indian name is Hikchasi, and it comes from my grandmother's side, which fits into our conversation today, Annika. My Klinket name, Hikchasi, goes back 10,000 years of knowing, but it means that time of change, it's the springtime up in the in-stream flow. It's where the baby frogs first get the, uh, first come to life, and it's where their habitat is before they, they, uh, move into the entire ecosystem. So knowing your background, uh, I thought you would appreciate uh, the traditional knowledge uh, that comes from my Indian name and why I'm so connected to the resources. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to hear you introduce yourself. So what motivated you to become a representative? I've served almost 30 years in governmental affairs. My whole upbringing traditionally is to give. Uh, I give back to my community. Uh, for 20 years, I served the Washington tribes uh, in governmental affairs director for Swinomish tribe. Uh, this led me into a career sitting at many tables with tribal leaders, identifying how to be able to provide and pro provide regulations, uh, sound science and laws to protect the environment. Uh, we are connected as Native American people to the environment and to the resources. It breaks our culture, our traditional laws, and it is our inherent responsibility to take care of everything around us. When I decided to run for office, I found that the state of Washington could learn so much and our Washington tribes could learn so much and our federal government could learn so much when we begin to collaborate at all levels of government. I like to say, when you bring seal and salmon together, you have something quite unique. Uh, I believe that I have enough experience at all governing bodies to be able to engage in developing laws in the state of Washington that are responsible to the 20 treaty tribes of Washington state and to the nine inherent rights of our Native Americans, but also to build a better Washington state for all and to be able to implement and incorporate federal law into how we engage and how we implement 
those policies, uh, the science and the regulations and the programs um, at those levels of government. I'm really um, pleased that I have an incredible relationship with local government and work collectively with local government. At times we develop laws at a tribal, state and federal level and we forget that the local government is responsible for implementing that and is the first government to engage with citizens. So bringing them all together can only create success for Washington state. Thank you. And that leads me to my next question. And you, you do many amazing things and um, focusing today about the, what you do for the all people in the environment in particular. And what does salmon mean to you? When I shared with you my Fleget name, Hikchasi, uh, our names, our laws, our culture are intertwined within the resources. We are the salmon people. The Coast Salish people are the inherent tribes of Washington state. They are the salmon people, the cedar people, the people of the shorelines, the people of the shellfish, the macaw people are uh, Nuchalnath that come up by uh, north of Vancouver that sailed down. They are, their bloodlines, their culture, their laws are intertwined within the resources. The salmon is the very heart of the people of the first Washingtonians of Washington state. Uh, salmon is who they are. It's like what the buffalo were to the Midwest, to the Sioux and to the Lakota. Once the salmon's gone, who are we as a Native American people of the Pacific Northwest? And salmon is intertwined within Alaska, British Columbia, down through the coast of Washington state, across the shorelines and all the way to the east side. We have the Atlantic salmon, we have the Pacific salmon. We have six species of wild salmon. When you have a healthy salmon, and if you look at, uh, if you draw a picture, if you close your eyes and draw a picture, if you have a picture of a healthy salmon, if you branch out the, the branches from a healthy salmon, you have cool and clean water and habitat. You have healthy economies. You have healthy social structures. You have healthy, um, a healthy place and homes for everyone to live. You have healthy public safety. Uh, salmon is the icon that stretches out and touches each one of those policies. Um, if you have a healthy salmon it, and you have a plan for healthy and, and you have a plan for salmon, you then have a plan also to address climate change. Uh, it's, uh, it's a way of how we look at the world as a Native American community. And it's what I look at when I develop policy. Thank you. So you have been pivotal in providing, helping provide funding for salmon recovery programs, as well as a transportation budget that addresses the fish passage culverts. Can you please tell me about partnerships and collaboration of people to pass this legislation? You know, I think it's really important for us to remember as I'm developing policy in Washington state, um, I look at what is the laws we need to uphold as a policy leader? Do we have the sound science? And do we have an, an ability within the law to incorporate improved and best science down the road to build a stronger and better law? We are also need funding to implement the law. And we also need to follow up behind that with assessing whether or not the new law is really incorporating what the intent is that came from the public. So incorporating and adapting 
and adjusting in our laws is important for me when it comes to addressing salmon laws. When we're looking at incorporating and increasing hatch hatchery reform, I need to understand what the impact of hatchery salmon is to the wild salmon and what it is to the entire ecosystem. When I'm addressing laws that impact uh, agriculture, uh, adjusting and growing to the changes of the environment due to climate change, due to growth, uh, and due to their responsibility to salmon recovery, I need to make sure that there's funding, science, and infrastructure to help that, that industry grow and to adapt with us. I'm really quite um, um, also aware of local government and the Growth Management Act and how are we gonna grow our communities? How are we gonna build the infrastructure of our road systems? How are we gonna build water systems that address the 2 million people that are expected to come to Washington and will move into our rural areas that impacts our agriculture and our salmon and our natural resources and our conservation really of what our community is. Uh, the, bio, the biodiversity uh, laws that we need to look at incorporating conservation really comes into new laws and new policies and new programs, such as building green infrastructure of culverts, uh, building culverts for the fin fish and for the, for the fin and for the four-legged, uh, growing water policy laws that really re respect and honor the intent of what water is there for, and that's for the resources and for the humans. And how do we find that fine balance? That's where my protection of my in-stream flow comes in and the work that we've done there. Uh, providing funding that looks at uh, restoring and developing a salmon recovery plan for the entire state of Washington that's connected to how we manage water and how we manage industry, how we manage growth and how we manage climate change. There are eight regional salmon recovery plans in the Puget Sound. Of those eight, every watershed has its own individual plan. Each one of those plans are signed by the federal government of, with, the, no, with NOAA, under the Department of Commerce, WDFW, and the treaty tribes of those areas. Now that's really important to understand because if these watershed plans aren't streamlined that have baseline goals to it, and our eight regional plans don't have baseline goals to it, then how are we supposed to measure success in Washington State for salmon recovery? And so incorporating and streamlining and planning and bringing all agencies, stakeholders together is really important when we're developing laws within Washington State. I think I like to look at the, the new word that's coming up uh, that I'm really appreciating more and more is conservation. And what does conservation mean to our agency, to our, I'm sorry, to all federal, uh, state, tribal, and local governments? What does it mean to stakeholders? What does it mean as we address growth management, water, and climate change? And that's a holistic approach uh, to uh, surviving and sustaining and building a Washington state that really reflects what Washington state is. So imagine the picture of my salmon earlier and the word conservation around it and what that really means for all of us. Thank you. In upcoming years, what are some of the biggest challenges in salmon and shellfish habitat restoration? And what are you most hopeful about? Um, I'm really excited uh, by the leadership of uh, Puget Sound Partnerships leader, uh, Laura Blackmore, who shares an incredible vision as I do on creating common baseline grounds of what salmon recovery looks like in Washington state. 
in those plans, we'll be able to identify some of the biggest challenges. I'll be honest with you, I believe conservation and incorporating and identifying what that is and how we incorporate it into Washington State uh, really is going to be important this year. Uh, in the next upcoming years, it's going to be, excuse me, the habitat, it's going to be water, it's going to be climate change, it's going to be salmon management, it's going to be um, the discussion of hatchery reform. I don't know if you realize, Annika, but every river in Washington state has a, every water, water, not every river, every watershed system has numerous hatcheries. Mm -hmm. There are over 180 hatcheries in Washington state. This is where the salmon come from. No longer do we have the wild salmon that used to run through all of, all of our river systems. It's now hatchery salmon. But the conversation is how do we manage hatchery salmon to sustain um, the economy, to sustain, as Lummi Nation uh, has put it for me so well, that hatchery, is now, hatchery salmon has now become and is legally known as, as a treaty salmon. Mm -hmm. So how is hatchery salmon going to impact the sustainability of wild salmon? There's good science, there's good engineers, there's good fish biologists, there's good attorneys, there's good policy people that are working through that conversation. But in the meantime, I have a industry that depends upon a healthy environment and healthy natural resources that provides almost $4 billion to Washington state and 116,000 jobs to Washington state on the commercial and non, on the commercial and recreational side of, of our state. That goes into our general fund. This pays into Washington State's general fund that helps us sustain and continue to grow. Can you imagine if we had no hatchery salmon, we had no wild salmon, what would Washington State be then? And how would our ecosystem survive without all the little goodies that the salmon leave behind when they transition and walk on to the other world? Thank you. So as a scientist and engineer, I sometimes have challenges conveying information in a straightforward, clear way. And I would love to hear your perspective on how you think scientists and engineers can close that gap in communication. Um, you know, I, I've got to tell you, I have the same problem, Monica. Can you imagine me dropping my pitch down to 45 seconds? And oftentimes <laughs> when you're working with legislators, um, uh, and this goes out to all of you, is you all try and tell your story because we're so passionate. So in 45 seconds, you know, um, Representative Lacanoff, it's an honor for me to be here uh, sharing with you what sound science can do to be able to incorporate into the policies that you're going to build that's going to strengthen laws. Imagine the healthy science is going to not only um, incorporate policy that's going to lead and build Washington State, but it's also going to, as we improve the environment, it's going to incorporate good science that's going to stretch across habitat, cool, clean water, climate change and sustaining natural resource management. Representative Lakanoff, don't forget, you have a fiduciary responsibility to the environment and to the natural resources, and I hope you'll uphold that. That catches my attention quite quickly. Uh, it tells me how I'm gonna do it, what my responsibility mm -hmm. is, and it's very concise. And then you give your technical paper and your report to staff, and you follow up with an email that says, remember, this is what I told you, this is what your responsibility is, and I want to collaborate with you. Oh, that's wonderful. That's what I would do if I were if I were in your shoes. <laughs> so do you have any closing thoughts or statements you'd like to talk to this audience about? 
Um, you know, when I first ran in 2018, um, one thing that I brought with me was the value of science. Um, Deborah loves science and science loves Deborah. And I am one of those representatives who looks at science, regulations, laws before I build my policy. Um, I need to know if I'm going to build an infrastructure law that says infrastructure from here forward is going to be green. I'm going to walk up and my table is going to have every stakeholder at the table. Uh, those who are my scientists from both sides of the party, whether it's science is good here, science may not work here. My lawyers, my policy people, my regulators, my agency, and my finance guy. And say, if we're going to build a law, how are we going to build realistic law? And how are we going to incorporate it? And how are we going to come back and back check it to make sure that this law is actually what we really need? I am a policy person who strongly believes that I'm a voice of the public. I'm a voice of the generations for today and the generations to come. My laws are not going to be built on bienniums. It's going to be built on generations to come. Because if we don't build laws for generations to come, then we're just dog chasing tail building one policy that's gonna undermine another policy, that's gonna disrupt another policy, when we actually need to build policies that grow upon one another. That's what makes me a little unique and different. That's what makes me part salmon and part seal. I love it. Well, I am so honored that you took time out of your day to talk to me. And thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Have a great day. Kunishchish in my language means thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend and write a review. Have a great day.